feel inside. Amen. I, I'm going to just ask you to have your seat for a moment. This is kind of a little bit of exercise, getting you to stand up, sit down, stand up. It's not the same as Brother John LaFontaine when he had half the congregation stand up and then sit down. And This is a little slower pace than that. So, I neglected to mention this morning we are having a New Year's Eve fellowship and New Year's falls on a Saturday night. So we are actually having the fellowship on Friday, December the 30th, and we're trying to establish how many would be coming. We sent an email out. If you didn't get it, uh, please let us know at the office here or myself or one of the brethren. And if you can respond, we're just trying to get an idea of how many would be coming just so that we can properly plan for it. And, you know, if something would come up and you can't come or whatever, just, just give us your best guess at this time. And so if you can do that, that would, would be really good. I, I wanted to, some were here on Wednesday, some weren't, and I, um, I did share a little bit. I made reference to it this morning regarding a testimony of a brother. Uh, I, wanna, I, I received a little more detail on it this last week since then, so I'm just going to share this briefly. And if you weren't here, and if you were here, you get to hear it again with a little more information. So, Brother Mark, can you put up this first picture? This is a brother, uh, well, he was, he's, he's actually an evangelical Christian, and he's in, in South Carolina, in Beaufort, close to where Brother Jason Watkins and Brother Matt Watkins attend church. Um, he actually, there's a brother who was converted to the message named Travis Jackson, and this man uh, was, went to a church, it's called a vineyard church in, 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 in uh, Beaufort, but this man had developed a very uh, aggressive form of cancer. And it was a lymphotic cancer, which is stage four Hodgkin's lymphotic cancer, and was told by his doctors that he had a few months to live. Now, Brother Fair, I'm sharing this with you because you've got a daughter that's, that's needing help as well. And we believe God can do all things. So we, we want to just allow faith to build and say, God can do anything. So this, if you look at him, he's got a very aggressive, uh, a larger growth on, on his, his lymph in his neck. Go to the next picture, please. So this also shows it very clearly. So he's in the hospital, and uh, he's got this, this large tumor the size of a large grapefruit on his neck. And this, this brother who is converted, his name is Brother Travis, comes to him, and he says, you've got a death sentence on you. And he says, I'm not going to mince words. He said, he, he led him to how the Lord led him to the end time message. And he said, there's a living God who is still alive and he's living amongst his people. And he boldly declared, he said, the Lord, that Jesus isn't living in the denominational church. He's not living where there's Trinity doctrines and he's revealed himself through a prophet. He's restored the original apostolic gospel. 
and he heals the sick and he raises the dead. So he's just being really bold with him. And he says, and, and, and this, this man was very receptive. Now, if you've been told you've got a few months to live, you'll be listening. And he was receptive. And, and when they walked through the door, they began to tell him that the tumor was, was there in the body, but really it was a demon spirit that was there. And he said, we're not speaking to the tumor, but we're speaking to the spirit. And this is, he, he's sharing on what Brother Branham taught in healing and what cancer is for. Then they began to testify to him about what Sister Alana Butts went through. And Sister Alana is, is a curlette, and uh, she's living in, in uh, Louisiana, and God healed her miraculously. So his faith began to rise, and, and they, as he wept when hearing about a living God, they laid hands on him with his wife and another family in the church, and they prayed that God would supernaturally deliver him. So it, it was sometime after, I'm not sure about the distance, so this started in March of this last year. And it wasn't too long after they received a report and said, praise the living God, Marcus has been supernaturally healed and he is 100% cancer free. So the doctor said, this was by far the most aggressive cancer he has ever seen and then miraculously it was gone. The doctor even cried, this is truly a miracle. So go to the next, next, uh, so this shows the picture before. That's the, the large tumor up in his neck. This is all the cancer through the body and the lymph and everything. This is after. And what you're seeing here is the organs like the heart. You're here seeing some of the other organs. But the cancer is completely gone. Isn't this wonderful? And this is a picture of him today. Oops, sorry. Did I do that? There we go. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> so they're still witnessing the truth to him of the message. And we just pray that God would continue to work on his hand. Let's stand together. Oh, isn't God good? My, my, I feel like singing a thing and something to him. Let's just sing, I will praise him, praise him. I will praise the Lamb for sinner slain. Will I, I will praise him. Oh, I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinner slain. His blood 
Sing the chorus again. He's a savior. He's a comforter. He's all of these things. Let's just focus in as our brother comes. Let's sing, come to my soul, come to my soul. So we invite the Lord Jesus to come and minister to us. Oh, come to my soul, blessed Jesus, my Lord. Hear me, oh, Savior. Precious Almighty Father, once again, we thank you for your, your grace, your mercy. Father, we thank you for the elective love. Father, that you predestinated us before the foundation of the world. Father, we are here because you put something inside of us that could respond, Father, to the call. It's you put inside of us, Father, as we heard one time, a responsive seed that could respond, Father, to the call of the bridegroom. Father, we thank you for that grace. We thank you, Father, for yourself 
coming and drawing closer to us, Father. Lord, we didn't come to you by our own desire, but you put inside of us that desire to come closer to you. Father, that's why we are crying out to you. Oh, Father, may you open that fountain. May you, Father, Lord, put us in that fountain, Father. We desire to be cleansed. We desire to be washed. We desire, Father, Lord, to, oh God, to be more and more like you, Father. That's why we come to church, Lord, to hear the word of truth, the word that is the water of separation, the water that is cleansing us and washing us, Father. Lord, how we love you, how we appreciate you, how we glorify your name, Lord. Thank you for the testimony that has been shared again, Lord. It's so encouraging to see that you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, you didn't go with the prophet. You are still here present, Father. The same pillar of fire is still among us, Father. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for still coming and confirming your word by signs and wonders, Lord. You are so precious to our heart, Father. We love you with all our heart. Here we are, Lord, surrendering ourselves to you. May you help me, Father, to deliver what you put in my heart, Father. We thank you for the word that is spoken to us, Father, on Wednesday, on Friday, on this morning, Father. You are still real, Lord. Father, some of my notes are in the same line of our pastor. Father, Lord, you already inspired him, Lord. We thank you, Father, already inspiring, Father, Lord. God, oh Jesus Christ, may you just add something to us, Lord. We desire something on our heart, Father, that will encourage us, help us to go further with you. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. May God bless you richly. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Amen. I will not keep you long. Just read the word of God and then I will let you sit. Thank you. Sure, come in. Thank you, Brother Mike, musicians. Thank you for the special as well, sister. God bless you richly. I invite you to go to Second Corinthians chapter three. Thank God for speaking to our heart again this morning. God, uh, God uh, inspiring Brother Ed, uh, speaking uh, on a pastoral level and to our level where we are, amen? And uh, we thank God for speaking to our heart. And where it stopped, that's where my notes started, but uh, most of the things you already, already spoken it, and uh, I'll just put a repetition of some of them. You know, some of those uh, sermons where the preacher is just going where you are and then kind of looking at him, where is he going to stop? <laughs> so, but, so, three verses. And who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. 
For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. Remember, the minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the, read, in, in the reading of the, of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon the heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. For we all with open face, beholding as in a, glass, in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. May God bless his word, and you can have your seat. As we heard on Friday, um, I was working by the stream a little bit, and just see that uh, God is still visiting us. Amen? He has visited us, and we just want to accept that visitation and take uh, full advantage of that. Amen? I uh, just want also to convey my thanksgivings for my brother and sister who were here. They um, returned back to Congo, and just want to say thank you for the hospitality and the time they spent and the blessings through the ministry and uh, the, the fellowship and, 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 and all the time they spent here. And I really enjoyed it very, very, very much. And uh, God bless you richly. And I just want to convey that to the church and to Brother Ed, our pastor. Uh, Just want to read again a portion of the scripture before I go in my thought. Matthew 27, 50 to 53. The Bible says, Jesus, when he had, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. It was in the time of the resurrection, amen? The time of the resurrection, when the voice came up, that veil of the temple was rent in two parts, amen? Just want to speak this evening, and want to give that the title, the rending of the veil of tradition. Amen. I, Brother Ed, went in that vein on Wednesday already. Already there, I was like, <laughs> um, it's just good. <laughs> so I'll just repeat some of that. So I had that title and some of my notes, because it's been a long time since I preached. So, um, the rending of the veil of tradition. 
The temple veil was the badge of skin separating the holy place where any priest could enter to minister from the holy, from, uh, could enter to minister. It was separating the place where any minister could enter to, to minister, or any priest at that time could enter to minister. So as we know, there was a, the badger, the badger skin, which was the veil separating that from the holy of holies. And the holy of holies, only the high priest could enter in once a year on a day of the atonement. No one else was allowed to go there, and only the high priest could go there. If any other person would go behind there, that person will die instantly because God couldn't allow another person to go in that place. Only the high priest has to go there. Even the high priest going there, he has to prepare himself in a certain way. He has to follow the principle in a certain way, and he can go there only in a certain time, a certain time, the time of the year, the day of the atonement, the feast of the atonement, couldn't go during another time. But when on that day of Calvary, when that voice came up, that voice of the resurrection, there was a separation of that veil to show that the one that you, the high priest was going to meet on the other side was actually the one who was being crucified right there. The God that you are going to worship there is the God that you are seeing right there on the Calvary tree. Amen? And then at that time, they couldn't see that. But the God was telling them, the access to that, you don't need a specific time. You don't need a specific day. You don't need a specific, only any person, different kind of, a certain category of people. Any person, any believer, any Christian, whoever desires can go. In the, the access is open to whoever can come to Christ he can come to Christ because the veil has been rented. The veil has been rent in part. The veil has been divided. Now you can have access to him right there. Amen. Amen. And the prophet will say, as we know, you know, at that time it was death to go in. But now, now it's death if you don't go in. It's a must, an obligation. You have to go in. You have to meet, you have to meet God. You have to meet, the, you have to come at the mercy seat. You have to come there, right there. Amen. He will say, now to stay away from his glory is death. And my one, some of my, most of my note, most of my code, most of my thought came on the message, the unveiling of God. Amen. The prophet say, you know, in the Old Testament to enter behind a skin was death. Now to stay from behind it is death. Then to enter into his glory was death. Now to stay away from his glory is death. That happened, of course, at the renting of the, at the, renting of the veil at, Cal, at Calvary. When the veil was rent, the old veil, now to stay out of his presence is death. Then to enter his presence, then to enter his presence was death. See, it changes back and forth, and you must find the scripture to see what day we are living in. So to stay out of it is death. Amen. But I'm sure the time when the when 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 the when when the veil was rent on the time of Jesus Christ, I'm sure the Jews or the, the priests ran quickly to try to put it back. They tried to put it out. They didn't see the supernatural eye that it was rent from the top to the bottom. It rent from the top to the bottom it means only God could do that work. It was not a man work. It was the work of God himself who could do that. But I'm sure they didn't want to get away from their traditions because that's where they were fixing on. They wanted to put it back right away. And they wanted to continue with their own traditions. And they missed to see the open word. They see to the 
the midst to see the word being manifested. They see the midst to see what God was doing at the present time. Amen. They were looking back to what Moses did. They were looking back to the old dispensation. But now there was a junction. There was a corner. There was something happening. And you need to follow the move. You need to follow the move of the pit of fire. You can't stay behind only with the traditions. You need to follow what the word of God is saying. Only the word of God is current. Anything outside of the word of God is a tradition. God was showing them that the words that you want to protect is not there to be crucified. The prophet would say, oh church, and this tape goes out. Can't you see ministers of the gospel where you're living? Can't you see the hour that you are in? God showing himself, setting aside. Look, he took that temple veil and tore it to pieces that they might see God in plain view. They were too blind to see and he's done the same thing today. Putting his word right out in front, what he promised, every promise in the word laying right before us in plain view. Every promise in the word laying right before us in plain view. You know what the Gentile church does. The same thing the Jewish church did. Too blind to see it. It's all right. It will be on their hearts just as it was on that day. So what did they see? They were blinded. They couldn't see what God was doing. They wanted to stay with their own tradition. And the prophet calls it. And today, the veil of tradition hides the word again, saying it's not so. So what is hiding the word today is the veil of tradition. But it is so. God is testifying of it. Blasting himself right out as bright as the sun before everyone and they fail to see it. God be merciful to us. As we say, and I will just read some, some of the quotes here to put the background here. It says, and it says, it's still the mighty God unveiled before us. It says, now when the veil was rent at Calvary, the mercy seat came into plain view. But what happened was hanging on Calvary, dripping in blood as they took blood. Year after year, the cleansing of the sanctuary and the sprinkling of the mercy seat, their God, with his great mighty stroke of lightning power, split the old batch of veil from top to bottom, and the mercy seat came into plain view. The real genuine Lamb of God was hanging in plain view on Calvary. The real mercy seat when God had paid the price himself and become one of us and had manifested himself as a man to get acquainted with us and we to be acquainted with him. The mercy seat was in plain view of all his when that day of the atonement. Amen? Are you with me this evening? But alas, the traditions of the church fathers in that day, had by their traditions, had veiled the true mercy seat from the people. If they would have known the scripture, it peace would have come like the Chinese tag. The Old Testament prophecy would have been fulfilled and it was. If they had been taught the scripture, they would have seen the mercy mercy seat. If they had been taught the scripture, if they had been told the word of God, they would have seen the mercy seat. As Moses said here, that this day they veiled it still over the heart. They don't see it. Amen. Yeah. 
So here we are invited now to, into him to be partaker of what he is. Think about it for a moment. The Pharisees want to cover the ark. I'm sure this is my comment. The Pharisees wanted to cover the ark. They wanted a type. God wanted to show them the manifestation. Now, the prophet says here, now we are invited unto him to be partaker of all that he is. We are invited in, into him, which is he to unbeliever, by the veil of human flesh. They don't know that glory. They read it, and it's in the word. Here, the glory of God and things like that is just a word to them, but to us it is a manifestation. So it is the word of God, Jesus read as the word of God, but to us it is a manifestation. It is no more word, it's a reality. And that's where the word of God comes to us. That's where the message comes to us. The letter killer, now the spirit has to quicken that letter to become a reality. If you just read the word, and it is the word, and it is true, but as long as it stays still the word become, without becoming a manifestation, it's still a tradition. You might do things by tradition, but it has to become a manifestation of the spirit of God taking that word and making it life to you. So that should be our prayer. God, make the manifestation of the word. Make the word of God being manifested. Make the word of God become a reality. We don't not just happy with the head knowledge. We are not just happy with the mysteries. We want the life of the word of God to become our life. We want to become the manifestation of the word of God. We want to have the heart because the word comes to change our heart. The word comes to transform our heart. To transform our heart. And we want our heart to be changed, to be like the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Rent the veil of tradition so that Christ can be seen inside. You know, the definition of the word tradition, Brother Ed was going to go to that, but I'll just read it. I'm going to read. It says, it's the, ending, the, the handing down of statement, of beliefs, of legends, of customs, of information from generation to generation, especially by word of mouth or by practices. So it's handing over by information, by, 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 by beliefs, by customs, by legends, by informations, by biography, by, by, by the books. And, but the message cannot be passed on just as an information. The message, brother, Pastor Hall used to say, the message cannot be passed on by intellectual, by intellectual, by intellectual information. It has to be passed, it has to become a personal revelation. It has to become a personal experience, amen. If you just pass on from generation to generation, become just that becomes a tradition. And sometimes in the message, we have our own traditions. We do certain things this way. We do certain things this way. If something goes out of that tradition, we say, oh, do you have something to back it up? Uh, we just do that this way. Brother, I just went to that so well. I don't want to go that way. Just so well. But so I don't want to. Um. It says, the tradition is a long-established or inherited way of thinking or are acting. This is our long way, that's the way we have always done it, and it has always been this way. Do you know why do you do that? Because my father does it, because my sister does it, or because my, my, my wife does it, because my, we have passed out from generation to generation, but it has become a personal revelation. Amen. You know, I was listening to one message, you know one time, 
I think his brother had mentioned, <laughs> was preaching. On, he mentioned, I, I just, it, it struck my heart. And then, says, you know, at a time when, when our fathers believed, most of them came, came from, from, from denominations. Came from denominations and they had a different kind of life. And then, then we could see a change in our life. We could see a change in life and we could identify with that. Says, oh, there is a, been a work because we see from where he comes from. Now we see where he is. People from the outside could see that change from the, from, from the inside, the outside. We could see a manifestation because in order to do certain things, there has to be a certain conviction. But it's different from the level where we are in now in the message. It has been passed... Passed on from generation to another generation to the point where we are raising our children in a certain way, in certain things. And they are used to a certain way that the only things that they know sometimes is only the message. The the, the way to dress or the way to to put your hair, the certain things. We have passed on and we have to do that. And it is important to do that. But now it becomes difficult to identify when it is the work of God and when it has just been instruction that we have been doing to our children through education is when we then sometimes they get confounded or we get confused even the person himself I do these things I just do these things that's the way I've just done it but is it the work from the inside or is it just what you receive from your mother or from your father or from well, different things it has become a reality for you yourself I'm doing this because I have seen in the word of God, it is a reality to me. It has been manifested to me. Amen. It is, the law is important to a certain level, but redemption has to pass from the law to grace. Amen. I don't want to do that because I don't have anything in me to do that. You know, the test as we were growing up, People from the world used to say, you know, you are doing those things because you are with your father or you are with your parents. One time when you leave them, you realize that you do what other people are doing. But by the God's grace, when it becomes a revelation to you, whether the father is there, whether the mother is, is, is not there, you do it anyhow because you love God. Because it is a reality, amen. You gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The prophet would say at some point, you didn't give, you don't give your life, I'm paraphrasing, you don't give your love, your life to the Lord Jesus Christ because you are afraid of hell. You don't give yourself, follow the message because you are afraid of hell. It has to become the love story. It's your personal life with you. Amen. Amen. It's a continuing pattern of culture, beliefs, or practices. From the Greek, paradosis, it has actually two meanings. It means a giving a giving over which is done by word of mouth or in written tradition by instruction, narrative, precept. Objectively, it is that is delivered. It's the substance of his teaching. Sometimes, so you see, I think the word of God, sometimes the word of God refers to it, and Paul refers to it, or the way the English trans, trans, translation has done to it has given the word tradition, as the word tradition, but the way, the way, it, the way it means on that certain part, it means the substance of a teaching. 
In 2 Thessalonians 2.15, it says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the tradition which you have been taught, whether by word or epistles. It doesn't mean a tradition, something just to pass on. It means the substance of a teaching. Amen. That's what that, the first meaning of it is the substance of a teaching. Or where he's saying also in 2, 2 Thessalonians 3.6, six says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which we received of us. It means after the substance of a teaching. Because every church must have a doctrine. Every church must have a doctrine. The doctrine is... is the French word came to me instead of the English, so that's why I hesitated. <laughs> So every church must have a doctrine because without a doctrine, the doctrine is the backbone of every church. You must have a doctrine. You must have a teaching. You must know the principle. You must have a foundation. You must know why we are standing. You must know we have to preach that. It has to be that. I would say even further, every family has to have a backbone. Every family has to have a teaching. You have to have those principles. They have to be established. They have to be real. You have to apply the token. But it goes way better than that. It goes way deeper than that. Amen. Way deeper than that. That's why the prophet will say, at some point he says, I would rather have a wrong doctrine but have a good heart. Because if the doctrine that you are putting there doesn't bring you to a change of the heart, there is a problem. Because the doctrine that you're having has to come to the transformation of the heart. Amen. The principle is not to stay only upon the doctrine and the strong doctrine. I have to do this because I've been taught to do this. But it has to become a change of the heart. It has to be the Father himself teaching you. It has to become the inner teacher teaching you. Amen. Or teaching me. And that same word, I want to, that same word says... It's a body of teaching of any, that same word, Greek, paradosis, says it's of, it, it, is, it is given over of the body of precept, especially ritual, which in the opinion of the latter Jews were orally delivered by Moses and orally transmitted, according to them, orally transmitted in unbroken succession to subsequent generation, which precept both illustrating and expanding the written law as they did, as they did, were to be obeyed with equal reverence. So it came to the point where those, 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 those things that were trans, transmitted, they have to be referred at the same level as the word of God. So the things that they become tradition, part of the tradition, part of the saying of people from generation to generation had to be respected. But the word of God is giving us a warning regarding those things. It says in Galatians 1, 6 says, I marvel that you are soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and you will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. 
What authority from Paul to say that if anyone says anything that is against what I've already preached, first of all, it's not the true gospel because there's no other new good news than that what I've preached. And if he preaches anything against what I've preached, let him be accursed because what I've received is not from a man. I didn't learn it through intelligence. It came from God himself. That's the same thing with the message that we have received. It's not a seventh grade man who could teach those things. It's God. God who came and spoke from himself, himself speaking to the bride. It's the bride calling now. The message is calling the bride. It's not a man calling the bride. It's Christ himself calling the bride. There's never been a day like this day that we are living in. As he said before, say I now, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that he have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade man of God, or do I seek to please man? For if I yet please man, I should not be the servant of Christ. If you follow the message because you want to please man, you are not a servant of Christ either. You don't do things because you want to please man, you do things because you want to please God. It says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. It's not received from man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Think about it. He was so zealous, but the zeal that he had was based upon traditions. <laughs> it was not upon based upon the word of God. He was so zealous to the point even he could even kill people. He could, or he could go and arrest people, put them in jail. Based on what? Based on traditions. But the word of God comes to get all those traditions away and to give us the word of God. And Jesus rebuked them in the same pattern. They have used a continuing pattern of culture, beliefs and practices as the word of God. That's why you have to check any belief with the present truth. The baptism in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost is only a tradition. There's never, it's not in the, it's never been applied in the book of Acts. It's only a tradition. The baptism of children, it's only a tradition. Tradition passed over the years and now it has become, people can defend it, people can do, be zealous about it, but it's only a tradition. The rapture, the way we used to think about it, that, you know, we will hear a voice coming from somewhere and shout and people are flying like angels. It has just become a common belief in all the denominations. What is it? Just a tradition. <laughs> there's no basis. There's no foundation about it. That's why we thank God for the revealed word of the hour to God to tell us that the rapture is a process. We are already in the cycle of the rapture now. To remove all the traditions that we used to have. Even among believers, we also have some traditions. Before you condemn me on this, 
Thanksgiving and Christian holidays are just tradition. <laughs> Some people will die for those traditions. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I, 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 I celebrate them. <laughs> I go to dinners for Christmas these. But they're only traditions. There's no foundation in the Word of God for those things. They are only traditions. I don't want to go to other details, but there are so many other things you are not very careful. They are just traditions. But let's stay with the pure and adulterated Word of God all the time. Mark 7, 3, 9 says, For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off and eat not, holding the tradition of the elders, and when they come from the market, except they wash and they eat not, and many other things there be, which they have received the hold as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Those were on Wednesday. This is a repetition. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands, that even themselves confessing that this is traditions of elders? But he answered and said unto them, Well, as Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrite, as it is written, These people honor of me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's only a lip worship and a lip service or something to be, but where is your heart? The message comes from the heart change. Where is your heart? Since you believed, where is your heart? Since you came to the message, where is your heart? Is still your heart in the things of the world? Then it's at the wrong place. You need your heart needs to be changed. It says, how be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of man. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of man as the washing of pots and caps and many other such likenings you do. And you say unto them, Fool, well, you rejected the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. When your heart is not there, you don't look at the face value of what is required anymore. I'll just do this, I'll just do this, I'll just do this, I'll just... If your heart is not there, you don't see the value of what is required anymore. Your heart needs to be there, amen. Your heart needs to, our heart needs to be there. We heard in last week, we don't want to make this message a tradition. That's why the prophet preaching even this message, the unveiling of God, he says, May we examine our hearts today that by the word and see if we are in the faith that we might be ready that the hour for that hour of his appearing. For that hour of his appearing. It shows the purpose of the message is to come to change our heart. The evening time message is to apply the token. The evening time message is not a tradition. It is a reality. Amen. It is to apply the token. Applying the token is not just, I'll say this way, applying the token is not that I have to put this, 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 but your heart is still in those things. If you don't pay attention, I don't want to be too negative. I have to go to the positive side, but let me put it as I'm here. If your heart is still in those things, you'll come back to those things and try to put them back again. But if it comes from your heart, you have no desire anymore for those things, you'll put them and you'll never go back to those things anymore. 
So how do we define a believer? Very often we define a believer. Oh no, that brother is a believer. Oh, that sister is a believer. Oh, he's a believer. How do you know? Because he carried the message in the book. He's a believer. Because from time to time he comes to church. He's a believer. How do you define that he's a message believer? Because that sister, you know, the first day she came with her trousers, now she's putting dresses. She's a believer. Oh, yes. <laughs> a believer believes the word of God and the whole word of God. That's the believer. What is a believer is the one who has been born again of the Spirit of God. That's the real believer. The believer is the real faith inside of you. That's the real believer. Says God, you might be, it might be a different step. You might be a different step in the walk with God. That's true. Yeah, and we respect that. And every one of us, are that we have to respect that. We have to respect each person. But we have to understand that the God wants a believer who accepts every word of God. Because if you just take a partial word of God, choose here, choose here, choose here, choose here, you are making the word of God a tradition. The prophet says, the faith that was once delivered to the saint. The believer today is a man who goes to church and pays. We say, or we say, the believer today is a man who goes to church and pays his tithes. He has his pew. That's my place to sit. No one can sit. <laughs> if you see that, that place, that service is not inspired. <laughs> I'm not focused on that service anymore. <laughs> if you park at my spot, you have a problem. <laughs> Oh, tradition. <laughs> May God help us to get of that those traditions. You know, I had that impression when my brother came here, you know, if you got different things, the message, the core message is the same, but you know, each church is different, you know, as we go. And they go, the first time he comes, kind of shocked. And, why, why this? And so, oh, yeah, anything wrong? Oh, okay. But then we move on. Ah. Then I started thinking about this. Oh, you know, there are certain things we do by tradition, and someone can be, can be shocked because it doesn't correspond how they do in their church and different things. But, amen? <laughs> he puts a windows in the church. He's a good fellow. The Bible don't say one thing about that being a believer. See how we have taken our own traditions and made the law of God of none effect. God said, these signs shall follow them. Believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. If I take up serpent and drink deadly things, it will, not, it will not harm them. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. What it means, you have, end of quote there. What it means, we have to believe the whole word of God. Colossians 2, 3, 2, 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, establishing the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Be aware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man after the rudiment of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of Godhead bodily. 
And you are complete in him. Oh, I like that. You are complete in him. You might think that you might, you might feel like you're not complete or you think that you're not complete. But the word of God says you are complete in him. It means in him you don't lack anything. You have everything that you have need of in him. You're complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, but the circumcision of church, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the circumcision of the flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. (laughs) Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. So if the devil comes and trying to show you your sins, where well, you have to point him, it has been nailed to the cross. I've already been forgiven, forgotten already, justified as if I've never done it to begin with. So you have nothing to point to me. I'm looking to Jesus Christ. It has already been nailed at the cross. The devil wants to put you in a certain way or traditions, how you feel, how this day, or you are Christians based on your emotions. You are not Christians based upon your emotions. You are Christians based upon the faith of God in the word of God. Amen. It says, 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink and in respect of an holiday over the new moon of the Sabbath days. Remember, oh, I don't want to go there. Remember one brother one time he was discussing, and he put one quote, and I didn't know that quote. It was the first time I heard it. And look at me, he says, Huh? Are you a preacher? I don't know everything. <laughs> Tradition, a preacher. <laughs> no, this thing. Where was I? Which is which are a shadow of things to come, but of God, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body, you have to be part of this group, you have to believe this, you have to do this. Where is it in the message? If it's not part of the message, Brother Banam didn't preach it, why should I believe it if it's not part of the word of God? I believe only and I'm entitled only to the pure word of God, not man interpretation of the word of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiment of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, test not, handle not, which are all to perish with their using, after the commandment and doctrine of man, 
which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So what is the key? Walk in God. Walk in Him because only in Him we are complete. You can't join a church. You are born in the church. People want to join a church. They want to follow the tradition. When you join a church, you follow the tradition of that church. I want to be included in that church, so I join the tradition of that church. That's not the most important thing that we want. We don't want people to join just the church and look like the church member. That's not the most important thing the, 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 the minister wants or the pastor wants. What the pastor wants or the minister wants, the word of God wants, is the new birth, the new experience with God. Amen. It's not a member thing. No, sometimes we want just, oh, member. You just have a member. Keep them, you know, if you preach this way, they, they, they might go out. Just don't touch that area, you know. We just want one member here. We want a lot of members to show that our church is growing. We don't need members, just members. We need the elect of God to come to church. Look at the child. If a child joins a family, he follows that family. He will try to speak and imitate like the father. Maybe if I speak like him, now look like him. If you hear, brother, Andrew Spencer, if you don't pay attention, he sounds like his father. It's like, oh, oh, that's actually Andrew. <laughs> he does not need to impersonate that. It's part of him. He has been born a Spencer, expresses like a Spencer, it becomes natural as a Spencer. If you listen, Brother Andrew Dodd, if you don't pay attention, sometimes he, he sounds like his father. So you sound like maybe he doesn't like to say that too much, but it's part of him. <laughs> he is a dog. It's part of him, it's natural, and we enjoy that, amen. But if you want to look, if I want to join that family, I'll try to sound like the, 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 the Dodd Senior. That's not real. That's not what God wants. You have to be born in that family. Yeah. Last time when I used that, I said, there is a caveat. The wife who comes, she's part of the family. She's a, jo she's a Dodd, too. So there is a caveat. <laughs> a spouse is a Dodd, too. So another chapter. So just to believe, the prophet will say in the message token, just to believe is not, is not enough. You believe the message of the day, you see, you believe the power, the pillar of fire, you believe that sea, you do. Now look, just to believe it is not enough. To walk around where it's at isn't enough. That's to make yourself worse. I believe just walk around it, then see it. You're just making yourself worse. The prophet says, But he that knoweth to do good, and that is not to him, it's sin. Those borderline believers, Jesus spoke of the same thing, Hebrews, the sixth chapter. So those just look there and say, Oh, I believe, but you don't leave it. You're just making yourself worse and worse. The message is not there to be talking about the message. It's not time to fast around the message. If time, it's time, the prophet says it's time for, to quit fasting with one another. 
believe the message of the Bible, believe Jesus Christ, love and honor and respect one another. Let me say it again. Love and honor and respect one another. That's part of the message. Love and honor and respect one another. Man, respect your wives. You respect your homes. Bring your home together because remember, this lamb was for the home, not just one. For the whole home too had to be brought. Everything had to be brought in. We should love each other and believers should separate themselves from the world. Notice they were not yet come together to talk about the message. They come together to apply the blood, to apply the token. We don't come in the message just to hear a good sermon, to be a spectator and just listening, or I'll just be a listening to see if it, oh, that was a good message. Oh, that's good. I put my religion, I know, I checked the checkbox. I went to church on Wednesday. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm a Christian, so I am a believer. That's not what the message comes to. That's still a tradition. It has to become a desire from your heart to come to church. Prophet said, don't just come this far and say, I believe the message. You obey the messenger. Come into Christ. You say, well, I believe every word, said Brother Banam. That's good, but that's just, that's just being able to read. Take the message. Take it into your heart. Amen. That you must have the token, the very life that was in Christ being you. When you see that, I'll pass over you. Oh, I didn't want to dwell. Oh, my brother had already put the nail on that so well. But Proverbs says in the message, pardon. That's just exactly where Christianity has got. That's just exactly where Pentecostal movement has come into. It's a family tradition. We don't identify ourselves with a sacrifice. That we are dead with our sacrifice. We are Christians because I went and joined the church. Joining a church is, is fine. But until you are identified, till you lay your hands upon him, and you and him become one, until the spirit of Christ becomes in you, and you in Christ, until you will become a son and daughter of God, they don't seem to be the sincerity that they ought to have. It becomes a ritual, just the same as it is now. It's a ritual for people to become a Christian. Do you want to become a Christian? But do you do it with the sincerity of your heart? That's the next question. She said, well, I'm an American. I'll give you to understand now, like that anything has to do with it, an American. It's great to be an American, but don't mean you are a Christian. You've got to be born again. Another woman asked, are you a Christian? Why? She was so put out. She said, I give you the understanding. I burn a candle every night. I need you to understand that every night, you know what, I put the tape in the background, so I am a Christian. That's good, but don't let's stay just the traditions. 
do you have even a desire when you are putting that tape to be there, God? Speak to me as I'm putting this tape. Correct me, change me, make it become real. The manifestation of the word that I'm going to listen, that's what I want to see in my life. That's what God desires. All oh, the veil of, otherwise the veil of traditions is hiding the word. It's so, it's so, it's, it's, it's so tight because as you are doing the right thing, and it, you should do that right thing, but if you don't do it with the holy sincerity, it's hiding you from going further with God. It just puts you at a certain level and you be just become a formal Christian where there is a lot of room where you can go further with God. And we want, God, may you lead us to go further with you wherever you want us to go. We need more sincerity with you. That's why the prophet at each level of his stage, his ministry, God was always asking him a question. Be more sincere. But he has been so sincere. He's one of the sincerest, most sincere person I could see. But God still asking him, you need to be more sincere. I think that what the message is still asking us, we are in the rapture. God, we are already in the cycle of the rapture. God, make us more sincere towards the word of God. Like that, that hand. You've got to be identified with Christ and his life living in you. That's when you identify with Christ is when Christ lives in you. It isn't a ritual. It isn't belonging to church. That's all good. But you see the real sincerity. And the door to the heart, the prophet says, 58. That's what the mother of the church tonight You've seen God's blessing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and those things which has been going for years in the church till it become a common thing to you. And Brother Ed mentioned this morning, touched on that this morning. It becomes a common thing to you. Your fathers and mothers rejoice when God begins to pour out His Spirit upon the church. What about you, church of God? What about you, assemblies of God? Why? You stood on the corner, a little tambourine and everything, and you would have died for the cause. Now you won't, you won't walk across the street for the same cause. Amen. What happened? You did run well. What hindered you? It's because it becomes so common to you. That's what was the challenge with the message of with the, the prophet ministry. Even the first pull, the second pull, people took it and it became so common to them. And becomes like a, a show. And they just, oh, one after one, discernment after discernment, so healing after healing. And becomes just a show. People are not impressed by it anymore. People don't, don't fool, look at the word of God anymore. It becomes a tradition. We don't want a tradition in our life. We want the reality of the word of God. Are you sufficiently impressed by the word of God? Every day we sing that song, I love him better every day. Because it becomes just a tradition, it becomes, it, it, it's not interesting. The life with Jesus Christ is not, is not, how do you say, it's not a stagnant life. <laughs> it is a progressive life, a dynamic life. We do the mechanic part, but we want the dynamic part to come to keep moving us ahead. He says, you believe it all, sure. But it doesn't thrill you anymore. 
It's so common. God's so good to you, and you don't realize it. Sometimes we just, <laughs> my closet over time, I just spend time and say, God, thank you for Brother Harold. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for Brother Ed. Thank you for the deacons. Thank you for, st- for stable pillars. The life that people put around me to help me, to encourage me. There are times where you are low, but you come just to church, you see a pillar sitting there. As Brother Dale, as he was leaving, I told him, Brother Dale, you have been an inspiration to me for many years. You never told me. I'm sorry, but you, I, you have been an inspiration for me. There's so many people here, great inspiration for you, for me, for you. Oh, God, we don't want just to be used to that. God, it's grace in our life to help us now walk with you. We need to learn to appreciate what God puts around us. Sometimes we just want to point to the negative things. Now look a little bit to the positive things that God has put around us. So it is so common, God, so good to you, and you don't realize it. Sometimes we thank God for the past. Thank God for the prophet. Thank God for the future, for the rapture to come. But what about what God is doing among us? God does not like us to be, or God doesn't want him to be common to us. We can never be used to God. The moment you feel like you are used to God, you have missed to make progress with God. It will mean that you don't expect him to go beyond what you think you are used to see him do. I know this sermon. I was already listening to that sermon. So let me skip this one. I don't think I'll get anything from it. I know this preacher. I know what is going. I know where it's going. So I know. So this is for the young people, not for me. You know, I I know that's the way to go. But... God wants to do the exceeding abundantly beyond what you can think of. You can't be used to God. God is supernatural. Brother Barnum, who was coming in the presence of that pillar of fire, he says, are you used to that? I can never be used to that supernatural presence of the pillar of fire. So who are you to be used in the supernatural presence of pillar of fire in the church if he's here? If something is not thrilling your heart, maybe it's time to come to the altar. God, I want to be thrilled again by the word of God. It looks like I'm stagnant in my walk with you, but I want something to change. I don't want any tradition in my life. I want the reality of the word of God. Israel thought that God could not perform any different kind of miracle. That's why they couldn't make progress because because it was trial after trial. At the next one, they forget what God did there because this is a new trial. And I'm so used to God. I know that God cannot do this one because I've never seen that in my life. So I'm just this. That this is the way I'm stopping. And God has to perform it again and to push them to believe 
It's making the word of God of non-effect. Because why? They didn't have the sincerity first. They didn't have the faith of God. It became so common to them. But God doesn't want anything to become common. God wants to change our tradition. <laughs> Think about it. If Abraham had to follow the tradition of that time. Abraham, you know you're going to have a son. But according to the traditions around me, a man of that age can never have a child. But God is beyond our tradition. <laughs> oh, praise be to God. I don't want to go. Maybe we think. Maybe we think, I know this brother. I know this sister. It is his way. It is her way. But Paul said that we know no other after the flesh, but after Christ. We want the rent of the veil of the flesh. We want to see Christ inside in our brothers and sisters. Amen. The prophet goes even further. The same message, pardon, 63 says, When we come to the healing services, you'll notice on the discernment in the line, it's so constantly, tell people to repent. There you go. Till our prayers has become a tradition, we kneel down at night and say, Lord, bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so, and do so. Help John do this. You make God a mascot. You make him some kind of an errand boy. God, you do this, and you do this, and you do this. That's not the way Jesus told us to pray. He said to pray like this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thine will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But we try to order God what to do for us. That's the reason the church is cooling off. That's why the great revival that just struck the land has put millions into the church. It's if they've got to a place that they're using these experiences and so forth as a tradition. Instead of being godly sorrowful and letting the Holy Spirit do the work of his office within you and creating in you a new life and making you so hungry to go to church that you can't stay away from church, then that's what it is. Not to sign tickets, to join and have so forth. It's to have the life of Christ in you that you just long to. There is something within you pushing. I always think of that. Brother, I think to Paul Rader, Brother Barnum used that experience many times. He came, he hugged his wife, he came, he hugged his wife, and then went out. Then as he's going, he remembers, says, what if something happens to me? I know. No, let me go a second time. So he went back, and he hugged his wife again. So I think Brother Barnum asked, or someone asked him, so why did you go and hug again the same way? He says, yeah. The first time, I did it without feelings. But the second time, I did it with a lot of feelings. It means I have the revelation of what I'm doing. So there is a big difference for the same person who's doing the same act, the same thing from the outside that looks 
but one is doing just by tradition, by customs, by things that they've been doing. They sing the same song, but the other person is doing it from the feelings, from the reality, from the sincerity of heart. I pray that all of us come to the second part where we can do things with feeling, with reality. So God, I'm doing this because I know you are doing a work in my life. I'm not what I, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I used to be. I know something is happening in me like we heard this morning. You're still working on me. God, I want to do everything with feelings, with emotions, with liberty, with the Holy Spirit. Because where the Spirit is, there is liberty. When Israel got to a place, message pardon, same one. When Israel got to a place that they made the commandments of God with their sacrifices, a tradition, it was then that the mighty prophet Isaiah was sent by God to them with that saved the, that saved the Lord. Somewhere, somehow, God always, God always can put his hand on a man that's not afraid to strip down the things that's right. Somewhere, someplace, Isaiah rose up if they read Isaiah 1, I got written here, it says, Isaiah told them, say, your sacrifices that Jehovah required has become a stink in my nose. I despise them. I'm just skipping what the prophet says here. Now, Isaiah told them, said, all these things that they had been doing, they done it without sincerity. They done it just because the rest of them was doing it. There was because doing it also because it was a requirement of Jehovah. And all of the family did it. All the mothers did it. All the fathers did it. Why couldn't they do it? It's so striking. And it might sound negative, but I don't want it to, to just to remain on the negative part here. It's so striking that a true commandment of God... The same message of the hour that God required, if not careful, can become a stink in God's nose. Because when Isaiah is giving that prophecy, the veil, say, of the time of Jesus Christ was not rent yet, so they were still in the old commandment and the old law. But he's saying even as you are doing it, even in the law, as I required it during the law, as you are doing it, it has become a stink in my nose. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> the requirement that God wants you to do, or God wants us to do, but if it's not done with the sincerity of heart, God is not pleased with that. But I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing what God you required. I'm, I do God. I do this. You asked me to do that. I've done it. I've accomplished this. I've done. I've paid my tithes. I've paid, I've paid my offering. I come to church. I do the things. But is your heart there? Are you sincere? Do you have the revelation of what you are doing? Otherwise, it just becomes a repetition and God doesn't find it as useful as it should be to you. That's why God warned Israel, says, and it was given to us, for example, in Hebrew 4, 2, says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. 
In 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says, Now all these things happen unto them for an example, for they are written for admonition upon whom the hands of the world are come. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 3, and I like that. Though I speak with the tongue of man, of angels, and I have no charity, I have become a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. And though I have, I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have no charity, it profiteth me nothing. As you see, it's so, it's so, it, 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 it becomes so, so, so dangerous because as you do those things, the tremendous things, they are good things, and that's what God requires. But if there is no love behind it, it provides nothing. If we go even further, say, if there is no love behind it, I wonder if it is accomplishing the purpose for which God wants it to be accomplished. So that's why we need constantly God. I want the love of God to come a reality in my heart. The message comes to bring the love of God. <laughs> the message comes to bring the love of God. I don't want to uncrustenize someone. Give me just a few minutes. I'll finish here. Give me. The prophet says, do we come? In the same message, continuation of that message, pardon. Do we come in a World Cup emotion? Do we come to join the church? Do we come because we don't want to go to hell? Or do we come because we love God? That gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should have everlasting life. Do we come because it's a love sacrifice that God gives to us that we might display and display it? All the time, God, I want the love of God to be manifested. In the same line, and I believe, brother, I touched it on Wednesday, the word of God says to pray for others, but is it the, what is the motive behind that, that, that prayer? The prophet says, and humble thyself, says, don't forget this tabernacle will lose its strength. Remember, this is the target where Satan has every, has got every gun in hell trained on it. If you are the church of God, I believe Satan has every gun in hell trained on us. But fear not, the one who is inside of you is greater than the one that is in the world. It says, it'll cause one person to do something that's contrary to what the other one thinks. Is going, is doing that, is up to it. That is business. If you can get somebody to say something, somebody to talk about another, say, Well, listen, did you know so and so did? Don't you listen to it. Sometimes we like to listen, then says, I don't want to be part of it. But probably say, Don't even listen. Don't listen to it. As you start going there, say, oh, if, are you going in? No, no, I don't, I don't even want to listen. That thing that sometimes you hear and it stays with you, even though it, you start wondering, the devil starts in your mind, and then don't open your mind to any negative things. Just to shut it out. Shut it down. I hope it's, a, it's a proper English. Shut it down. Just let the word of God and everything that is only positive. 
What does that do to you? Brother Dodd questioned one time. Don't you listen to read at all. It, that's the devil, the prophet says. It's Satan. Don't you believe it? If there is anything that somebody has done wrong, pray for them. And don't pray. And then he goes on and says, don't pray in a selfish way to say, I know it's my duty. I've got to pray for that brother. They've done it again. <laughs> That's just tradition. <laughs> But the prophet says, you take it to your heart, really down to the, for that sister. You take it to your heart. How do you know the Bible Bible says, oh, God answers to my prayers because I can go to the place at the level of the other person. That's how God is answering to those prayers. Get it to your heart to feel what the other one here. As we have been listening to, I, I came also from that level. That's where I can understand where that person is also that level. So that's why I can get to that level and pray for that person. Sometimes God will make you fall so that you realize the pain of that person was on. So that you can pray with sincerity if you are really a son or daughter of God. We fall and fail every day. It says, take it down real for that sister. Just talk and be a real sweet. The first thing you know, you find them right back in the service again. See, because after all, we are heading towards the setting of the sun. Amen. I'll finish with this. We come to the spot where we realize that we have separated, we have separated from God. And we've come upon the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Under that blood, there is where the Methodists, the Baptists, the Lutheran, the Presbyterian, the Pentecostal can all meet on common ground. Regardless of tradition or ritual, they can meet there under one common thing that's upon the blood of Jesus Christ. Until the church gets back to a place away from its ritual, back to God's original plan, that men are born into the kingdom of God and not join into the church, then is the time that fellowship will reign everywhere. The spirit of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea when it comes to a place where man can forget the differences and come together in fellowship under the blood. We cannot all come under the Baptism tradition, the Presbyterian tradition, under the Methodist tradition, under the Pentecostal tradition. I'll add to that, under the message tradition. But we can all meet and fellowship under the blood of Jesus Christ because it's God's original plan. Amen. So what it is, we come back to the original plan, which is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything else outside, it's just tradition, and the veil of tradition has to be rent, has to be ripped. Now we have to point to Jesus Christ. David is coming to you to disturb you. What do you have to point? Point him to Jesus Christ. I'm not following the traditions. I'm following to the one on the Calvary. I'm following to the revealed word of the hour. Aren't you happy that we have received the bleeding word? Amen. What we need is the blood of Jesus Christ, the bleeding word in our time. It still has redemption in it. Amen. 
And so Brother Banam was, told, was, a, was, a, was closing that, that, that service and distracted my heart. And as he's closing that service in the unveiling of God, I think he took that one good, so good example. He says, one time there was that violin person couldn't have the value to see the value of that violin. Everybody was putting that aside. Everybody couldn't see what is really the value of that because everybody was neglecting it what it was. Because according to the tradition of that time, they couldn't see the potential in that violin. The devil will come to you and point to you different things. He doesn't see the potential in that violin that you are. But it took the master to come and to take you from the place where you were and where I was and take that violin and wash it with the word of the word of God. Clean it with the word of the word of God. And now play the right tune upon that, that, that violin. Now people realize it is outside of a tradition but it's the master using the violin and we see the value of that violin. Let me tell you, if you and I we can just lay ourselves to the master that he can use us the way he wants to use us, we will be used for the real value amen, beyond of any tradition. Master just use me the way you want to use me. That's the desire of a heart. As that violin was veiled to the eyes of the other people, but the master knew what was inside of that violin. Amen. Amen. Musicians can come. The prophet says, is the coming? Just read what the prophet says. Break the denominational veil of education. Break the denominational veil of tradition. Break those veils that are hiding him from you. Break those veils of pride, human. Break all those things. You, you, you king's daughter, act like it, live like it, break every veil, no matter what it is. It's contrary to the Bible. Break that veil, for we have crossed the riven veil. We on the other side now, on the other side. <laughs> Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? Let's sing that song. Jesus breaks every feather. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every Hey! 